Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show. Matt Catrillo here with you in the producer chair. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. Great service department, excellent sales staff. And it's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And a loaded show once again today. we got the high school football roundtable coming up at 335. Rally in the Valley this week, Sealands Grove and Chickalemi, Lewisburg and Central Columbia as well. Greg Wetzel, the Chief, and Zach Showers all going to join us a little bit later on for that. Then 4 o'clock hour, Rich Garcella, Redding Eagle, at 4.06 with his take on Penn State Nova, Penn State Indiana, of course, coming up Saturday night. And we'll have Neil Kulong in the final half hour for his take on the Steelers' 1-2 and two start, the 4th and 10 debacle, and more. Always interesting stuff from Neil, so look forward to that to wrap up the show at 4.35 today. Now, as far as this game goes for me, for Penn State-Indiana, I see Penn State... I, I, know Penn, I know Penn State's had their issues with Indiana the last couple times, but I, I see Penn State winning this by two scores, at least. I don't think... I think I don't, this Indiana team's a good team. It's not a great team, but... You know, you lose at home to, obviously, which is a good Cincinnati team, but everybody, for whatever reason, thought that game would be a, a good viling point for Cincinnati. And if they were to win that game, they beat Notre Dame on Saturday. Maybe they can get themselves in the college football playoff conversation. I don't think Indiana is that great a team. They're a good team, but they're not a great team by any stretch of the imagination. And I don't like the way they're playing right now. Michael Penix... He had a great year last year. He's just something's not right with him this year. But I think it's the the injury, and he's just not comfortable. And while you have to account for him at all times to make the big play, extend the play with his legs, stuff like that, this Penn State defense to me is too good. And I think they'll they'll be able to contain him, and probably even able to force a couple turnovers. I, I can see multiple in this game actually for the Penn State defense. So, I think Penn State wins this by two scores. I don't think this is a, a 
drag out type of battle that people think this might be. Would I be shell shocked? No, because it's Big Ten battle, and of course, Penn State's offense had its struggles last last week running the football. And if they do that again, then I'm sure that would play a factor in this being a closer game. But bottom line is, I don't think Indiana is going to be able to score that many points because I don't. I just don't think with the way things have been inconsistently for them on offense, the way Penix has been all year inconsistent against that defense, I just don't see it happening. So I really like Penn State in this spot. Now the passing game, when you get back to the offensive side of things, sure, they have to fix the run game. There's no question about that. But the pass game's working real well. So yeah, I I was spilling out my guts here on what I think about this game, Steve, and I like Penn State by two scores. I think Penn State's defense might have a field day with that Indiana sure. offense, but that's just my take. Okay. Um, I had to call the suit about something at quarter two. I just got off the phone with him, and my wife did a word count, I guess during the entire conversation, which lasted just until moments ago. I said eight words. No God! No God! That included goodbye. So really, six. No, you had to include it. It was part of the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I had to hear about everything. Yeah, suit life, and you know, Shikalemi, you know, I see. You know, and, you know, Bucknell, and now it's hernia. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's just, yeah. Now I'm sitting there, and it's like, poor chief. You, sir, are my hero. In fact, I'll be honest. I mean, I can be honest with you, right? I mean, with the audience. Yes. I actually left for a period of time, made a sandwich, got a beverage. Yeah, I was hungry. Came back. Oh, jeez. And he was still rolling on. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. I mean, and I'm telling you, that picture that we need for the talk show, for the website, for the for the Facebook page. I got, okay. <laughs> One point he said to me, he says, how you doing? I said, good. And then he started talking again. <laughs> it was just... <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know how you guys get to the staff meetings. It's amazing. Uh, the Bengals play the Jaguars tonight. Is anybody watching this game? Tonight, anybody. 
There you go. <laughs> is anybody watching this game? Oh, by the way, on the uh, coaches show tonight, James obviously in the final half hour. It's going to be Guy Godowski in the first half hour tonight. Just so you know. So we're going to talk men's ice hockey tonight. Um, and that is uh, that'll be that show. And then then usually I'll go home. Like you know, I mean, last week I, I watched some of last week's game. Yeah, okay. So I'll go home and watch these. You know, sometimes. Man, that, I'm looking at the. First of all, let's start with this. Trevor Lawrence is. I've had people say, oh, he's going to turn them around. He's going to turn them around. I said, well, not right away. I said, he's going to really struggle his first year. And people looked at me like I was from Mars. Like, they're 1-15. I mean, how good do you think he is? Oh, he's the greatest. I said, look, Peyton Manning went 3-13 and his first year. I said, this year is going to be. I said, he may end up below the Mendoza line in terms of touchdowns to interceptions. Well, he's well on his way for that. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying um, uh, you know, I, I, he is right now to this point where I thought it would be. They're not good. Agreed. I mean, it's one of those where I have good news and bad news for you. Okay, you're one in fifteen, right? Last year, the good news is our entire offensive line returns. The bad news is at one in fifteen, our entire offensive line returns. <laughs> and that is the issue. I mean, he has no time to do anything, and they don't have a lot of talent on the team. It just don't. It's going to be a long, long road. One, of course, you know, that you're sitting there and just, you know, you're enjoying it because you just are an Urban Meyer hater. <laughs> you know, you can pretty much admit that. Yeah. And then the Eagles are going to, going to honor LaShawn McCoy. He's going to retire as an Eagle. That's right. I have never once been a LaShawn McCoy fan. Because I know too much about his recruiting visit here. And that turned me off forever. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. When the other players, when the other players go to Joe and say, don't recruit him, that tells you everything. And the other players, okay, the veterans, went to Joe and said, we're around this guy. And the Penn State backed off. That's how he didn't. That's how, if you're wondering, like, oh, Penn State could have uh, the players recommended that they not recruit him. So happy retirement. <laughs> I never knew that. That's interesting. Okay. You do now. Mm hmm. He won two Super Bowls. Oh, yeah, he's a big contributor. All right. Um, <laughs> for you. Actually, I forgot that he even was on those teams. <laughs> I, exactly. <laughs> Look, it's not like he's not a talented player, the whole deal, but, you know, it's just, you sit back and go, really? All right. 
it's not good when peers look around and say, not our kind of guy. That's not good. But he's retiring as an eagle. One of your own. Go for it. Enjoy it. With, uh, by the way, Andy Reid there. Because, of course, he had a significant part of his career with the Chiefs, too. Thumbs up. He's your kind of guy. He's an eagle. It'll be the only positive thing, probably, that will happen to the Eagles on Sunday. (laughs) Oh, you're just... (laughs) You're just you're just not a happy camper. <laughs> Although I will say I wouldn't be totally shocked if this game is closer than what people think because I just think there's something off with the Chiefs, at least initially. But uh, they're still going to win the game by two scores probably. Well, there's a lot off with them. That's why they wanted to sign Josh Gordon. They're not getting any production from any other receivers except Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. They're not getting any other production from anybody else. So they're feeling Gordon can be the kind of guy that can step in and can help them in that way. Okay. I got news for him. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> no, I, I understand that. I'm saying that's the reason behind it. Also, Clyde Edwards-Alaire is doing something this season that he did not do at LSU. He's fumbling the football. That's another big problem. I mean, remember, the Chiefs are not 1-2. and two. They're probably 2-1 and one heading into this game. Except he fumbled the ball when they had all the cards in their favor. They had the ball against Baltimore. Baltimore's out of timeouts. Mahomes has already moved them down in position to win. Now they're just trying to just kill the clock with the running game so they can run out and kick a field goal. And he fumbled. And that's not the only time he's done that this year. Sometimes that stuff happens, and it becomes an epidemic. Big problem. All right. But your guys, I heard the pride in your voice. Yeah. Like, yeah. Quite a guy. All right. (laughs) Come back. Quite a guy. Come back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK Roundtable, by the way, today, next half hour. Then we'll have Rich Scarcella and Neil Coolong. It's going to be a great show today. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all 
applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, very quickly, the baseball races. The Yankees lost last night. Uh, the Red Sox won and Seattle won. So, you know, and again, yeah, Seattle has to be in this mix. They've won 10 of their last 11. And they're off tonight, and they've got the Angels this weekend. And the Angels announced yesterday Shohei Otani is scheduled to pitch on Sunday. That's his day to pitch. He will not pitch. Meanwhile, the Yankees will see what probably is the Cy Young Award winner tonight, Robbie Ray, against Corey Kluber tonight. Um... So that is the the setup. The Red Sox are at Baltimore tonight. Seattle's off tonight. So you got four teams, two spots. Last night, Bo Bichette was phenomenal, and they finally got to Holmes. But it was, again, the Yankees go into this last night, hey, we got our guy Cole. And Cole went six innings. He gave up nine hits, five earned runs, and really didn't have it last night. Right when they needed it, he didn't have it. Says he's bothered by a hamstring right now. As Jimmy Connors once said, he says, if you're out there, you're not hurt. (laughs) Yeah, he picked a bad time to go south a little bit. And after he'd been pitching pretty well during this stretch here. Yeah, he'd be fine. Uh, But, you know, but Berrios outpitched them last night. Right when they needed him. Um, so it's Robbie Ray and Corey Kluber tonight. Uh, the Yankees can. Last night's game was a game the Yankees could afford to lose. But you know what's interesting about the Yankees? We talk about their offense all the time the power of Stanton, the power of Judge. And so they're hitting 239 as a team. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was 160 to start the season. Chats. It's a miracle it's even gone in above 200 at this point. And then after this, they've got Tampa Bay. Boston's got Washington. And Toronto has Baltimore. So four teams, two spots. And again, Seattle's right there. Seattle is right now. They've been so hot of late. I don't think people realize that they're in the middle of this thing. They're in the middle of the thing. The way it stands right now in the wild card, the Yankees are right now lead it a game up on the Red Sox. Seattle's only a half game back of the Red Sox in the wild card race, and Toronto's a game back. Oakland's out. That's how close it is. Yankees have 68 losses. The Red Sox have 69. Seattle and Toronto each have 70. But the Mariners have played the extra game. 
taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Keywoods 11 and 15, Elmo's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Best in new inventory with a great sales staff that will deal with you. Trade-ins, all deal. Maybe pre-owned inventory is uh, what fits your budget. They have a great lineup of pre-owned inventory, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Service department that backs it all up, too. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Time now for the high school football roundtable. So who do we have in studio today? So we've got Greg and we've got Chief in studio, then we're in on Zach. And Zach. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with Greg. Uh, since um, Seals Grove and Chickalemi are playing one another. Okay. Uh, Greg, first of all, Big win for the kids last week. Yes, it was. It was It was nice to see 62 points on the board for the good team for once. Uh, so what fell into place? You know, and sometimes when these, you and I both know, Greg, once it gets rolling, it oh, gets yeah. rolling. So what fell into place to start it rolling? Well, we had a three and out to start the ball the ball game, and uh, they kicked, they punted to us. We took over in our own 48-yard line, scored in four plays, uh, kicked off, fumbled. They fumbled on their second possession, mm-hmm. their second play. We got the ball in about the 20-yard line, scored. Uh, Eight and a half minutes into the game, we were ahead 14 nothing, And they never crossed midfield until the third quarter. And we never started a drive on our side of the 50. On, yeah, on our side of the 50 until the third quarter when they kicked off to us to start wow. the third quarter. When you're starting on the plus side of the oh. field, you are living large. Yeah, and it was – we, we figured going in it was going to be our speed against their size, and speed just killed. They, they uh, just could not keep up with our players in space, and that was, that was the ball game. What does this do, in your opinion, for their confidence? I mean, I've always been a big believer in success breeds success. I mean, I was talking with Rod Beer Temple for the Athletic today about the Pirates. Mm-hmm. And I said, look, their minor league team at Greensboro was winning this year. And I think even winning in the minor leagues helps the future. What about sure. what happened with your kids? Well, I, I think you're right, Steve, except do they feel too good about themselves now? You know, I I know I was at practice Tuesday night, and uh, the coach had to talk them down a little because they weren't working quite as hard as they had been because they scored 62 points. You know, uh, so he talked to them. This is what you guys have to do. You have to understand this is how why we scored 62 points because of the work you put into it. You still have to put that work into it. You know, they can't get lackadaisical. So. He's on top of that situation, and, and I think they're, they're going to be okay. I didn't get to practice last night. I'm going to try to get there tonight to, okay. to see some things. But, yeah, they, they, uh, they're feeling good about themselves right now. The, the, the critical part is they feel too good. That's exactly uh, right. And so how important is the start then uh, tomorrow night? I think it's the same way. Central Columbia has a young team. Yep. They've struggled this year. 
but they're they're athletic. They have a, a lot of good athletes. I think one of the issues they have is they haven't settled on a quarterback yet. They're they're playing two quarterbacks, and uh, I I don't know I. To me, that's never a good thing when you're you're playing two different kids at quarterback. Um, but they are athletic. They have two wins, and I think if they get ahead, or Lewisburg gets ahead, it's going to be here we go again type thing. And I, so I think again, a fast start's going to be key, going to be key to the game. All right, so there's that one. Mm-hmm. Now we got the old, good old fashioned backyard scrap, Shikalimi and Seals Grove, Dave. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate you so much. It's good to be here, Steve. Thank you. All right, so let's start. Let's start with with last week. Um, tough one last week, but it was expected to be a tough one. How yeah. difficult has it been, Dave? Because the quarterback situation, with all due respect to two fine young men, just hasn't settled itself yet. Well, I'm sure you know he lacked that consistency, even even sometimes with the signal calling. But I'm sure you know you're working with uh, two different uh, quarterbacks, and sometimes things just don't mesh that well. But uh, you know, I think Coach Kaiser has to do that. He's trying to find an answer, and uh, you know, give both of them the opportunity. So we'll we'll see what happens this week, which uh, which one will will play the most. But how difficult is that when you get to? Look, we're deeper into the season now. Well, I, I can't imagine. Uh, I, I've, I've already been on a staff where we've coached one or two games trying to decide who was going to be quarterback. But by the third game, it was pretty well established. You went the rest of the year with them, you know, just just for the fact of being. Uh, I again, I use the word consistency and confidence, uh, and that's something that uh, I think the the Braves you know, they're gonna they're gonna need uh, for the rest of the year because they have you know they've got some winnable games, but they've also got some tough opponents. So I will say this, Steve, uh, that's the best offensive showing I've I've seen Chick Limmy against Jersey Shore in, in several years, and uh, they they did a nice job of scoring some points and and and, and making Jersey Shore work at it, uh, and it was. Believe it or not, it was the passing game that really helped them out. So I, I'm not sure what Coach Kaiser and his staff's going to do this week, but you know we'll have to wait and see. All right. So now the next part is you mentioned the passing game. Do they have enough of a running game in your opinion to keep somebody off balance? Yeah, they do. Except now we're going to go against the Seals Grove defense, which that three-five just is something that it's just so many people moving around, taking. You don't know who's going to be in your gap. Uh, after every play, it, I mean, it's it's uh, it takes a lot of a lot of, of uh, thinking along with uh, a lot of athleticism to to get to your block. And if if the kids do, if the five up front can do that, uh, we've got I think we've got three backs that really run hard and they got some speed. And the nice thing about the three five is if if you do break that original uh, defense, you know, usually all you got to do is beat the defensive backs to the goal line. So, but the key is getting getting past those front eight. All right, for anybody that has not experienced it, explain the depth of this rivalry. Well, let's go back to when Shikalimi started when I was in sixth grade. Okay. And, uh, 
It it was Shekalemi beat some Seals Grove teams that they shouldn't have beaten. Uh, and then in 19, the fall of 1977, Seals Grove won their first game against Shikalimi, and you'd have thought the world came to an end in Sunbury and Northumberland. And it has been a dogfight for years and years since then, with Seals Grove over the last, I'd say, 20 years, uh, you know, being being the team that has come up out on top the most. It's you know, let's if you go down to Seals Grove and you look at the names of the kids that have been playing down at Seals Grove, you'll see a lot of DNA that went down to Seals Grove from the Sunbury Northumberland area. So it's just not neighborhood rivalries, but it's family rivalries too. There's, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty uh, it's pretty awesome. And the nice thing about it is, you know, most of those kids are they're, they're as, once they're off the field, they're pretty good friends. I mean, it's just uh, it's just uh, uh, one of those really big rivalries. I I think that since Shemokin and Mount Carmel got rid of the coal bucket game on Thanksgiving. That this is probably one of the one of the most looked forward to rivalries in the, in in the, in the valley. Any thought about the fact that it's midseason and not the last game of the season? It used to be the second game of the season. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I I don't know, Steve. That would be that would be interesting if they waited till the last game of the season. Uh, this one, though, uh, you know, with, with them both being in the same. Uh, conference in the same state division, there's always that chance that they will meet at the end of the season when they get to yeah. the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Uh, key to the game? Well, I just said the line's going to have to block, uh, yeah. and, and, and I think that's I, uh, block and uh, keep keep the Seals Grove linebackers out of the, out of the backfield but I think one of the keys is just attitude towards the game you know I mean go in with the with the attitude that hey let's not leave anything behind let's play hard and and uh, we'll see what happens okay but uh, you know you, you can't come with your tail between your legs you gotta you gotta show people that you want to be out there and I think that's something that, that the Shiklimi kids will come up with because of this rivalry so and, and you know if they get if they get the passing game if they if, if they give the quarterback enough time to pass, then you're going to be also uh, looking at a couple of guys that can run the ball well. So, I but and health health is another reason. I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure how many kids uh, are are going to be dressed this week. But uh, it, you know that's another thing because our kids, to be honest with you, a lot of times in the in the fourth quarter they get gassed because there's a lot of them are going both ways. And uh, that's that's kind of tough. There are kids that never leave the field, Steve. They never leave the field. Wow, that is hard, mm-hmm. and that's hard. Oh yep. man, I remember how tired I'd get playing both ways. Yikes! Yeah. Uh, Dave, thanks so much. Appreciate it very much. Well, thank you, Steve. Thank you. All right, let's get to the Sealands Grove size with Zach Showers. Zach, welcome. Great to have you with us. Hey, great to be back again. All right, so. Seals Grove has hit a pretty good roll right now. So what fell into place to allow this winning streak to happen? Well, I think you're seeing a little bit more consistency from the offense uh, than what happened last year and at the beginning of the season. Um, I always talked a ton about defense, and we can go on days and days about the job that the defense is doing, but um, they've really been able to get enough of a passing game going and hit some big plays, explosive plays. Um, and that that's really been the story the past couple of weeks. Some long passes, some long runs. Um, there's still some inconsistencies with balance, uh, kind of putting together offensively. Um, but overall, they've just been able to, to make the big plays and we've been incredibly consistent on the defensive end. 
All right, so now I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Dave, and that is about the depth of the rivalry. He explained it from the Shikolimi point of view. How do you see it from the Sealands Grove point of view? Yeah, I mean, I I would say it's the same thing. Um, it's it's a big deal. I, I think it what's always an interesting dynamic with the rivalry is how back and forth it's gone. Um, I think, uh, as he talked, and it was a, a little bit before my time, but Shikolimi had some very dominating years. Um, and then Sealands Grove has had... Um, you know, it's a lot more successful lately. So it's one of those games I was talking to yesterday for our interview, and he mentioned it's one of those games that you can throw the records out. Um, this is a game that Seelands Grove should be favored in, um, but you know that crazy things happen in rivalry games, and it's one of those games where you know you're going to have to show up ready to go um, because the other side's also going to show up ready to go. So it's uh, it's definitely a big deal for, for the kids and the game that uh, they have to get up for. All right, so in order to – what will the start mean to this game? Like, Let's take the first quarter and a half. How important will the first quarter and a half be to set the tone for the night for one team or the other? I, th- I think it's huge. I mean, you're looking at two teams, Shikolimi, who struggled. Um, they're looking for something to get up and, and get things started on a positive note. And Seelands Grove last week um, had a 20-3 to victory playing a, a team in Nuremberg that was 0-4. And mentally, they were not in it. They kind of, if you want to say they swept lost through the game to a 20-3 to victory, which still win, but I think the, the first quarter and a half is going to tell you a lot where the team is mentally. Uh, it's important, I think, when you're facing a team, Jones goes facing a team in Chickalemi that has struggled um, to get a couple early scores can be a big deal. Um, and likewise, I think if Chickalemi can come in and, and get a little momentum, um, hit a big play or two, it, it puts them right in right in the game and Seelands Grove is going to have to respond. Zach, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So Seelands Grove and, of course, uh, Chickalemi. Uh, Chickalemi broadcast on, with Kevin and the Chief on News Radio 1070 WKOK. And, of course, we'll have the Seelands Grove broadcast on Eagle 107. Meanwhile, Greg and company over on... Uh, 100.9 The Valley. It'll be Central Columbia and Lewisburg. Next half hour, Rich Scarcella, Reading Eagle, Penn State football. Final half hour, Neil Kulong on the Steelers. As we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Mo- All right, Rich Scarcella coming up in the next half hour. And thanks to Greg Wetzel. Dave Ritchie and Zach Showers for joining us on our high school football roundtable. Uh, and appreciate uh, their work very, very much. They are great guys who do great work. Uh, just fabulous. Um, the Eagles play the Chiefs, by the way, this weekend, and Matt's already off the edge. <laughs> And actually, talking to Chief during the break, he's also an Eagles fan, of course, and so is Greg. Well, but I, again, they're a little more. Then they're even more pessimistic than me. 
Well, I mean, here's my point about Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts, by the way, is not the problem. He is not the problem. But my point is about Jalen Hurts is this. For everybody I think that's expecting he's going to make all this improvement, man, I think he is who he is. That's just who he is. I think at some point after, I mean, well, he's only had seven starts in the NFL. How many do you have at Alabama? How many do you have at Oklahoma? What's the difference between what you saw at Alabama, Oklahoma, and with the Eagles? What's the difference? Can anybody name the difference? He is a great athlete who can move. He's got a strong arm. His problem at Alabama, his problem at Oklahoma, when they got into big games, and his problem with the Eagles, the same. He's not accurate throwing the ball. Doesn't mean he's always inaccurate. He's not like some wild, you know, this isn't a wild thing for Major League. But, you know, he'll make a completion, but the receiver has to stop to get it. Uh, you know, so in other words, you're not getting it, you're not maximizing yards after the catch. He can throw the deep ball. Just my point to Dave is simple. As much as you can sit there and talk about Josh Allen, I saw Josh Allen play in person in college. So I saw the potential as to what he could do. And I'm not talking like I saw Josh Allen like on TV. I saw him on TV, but I saw him in person. Just by I me mean, by total happenstance. Wyoming was playing Eastern Michigan and now speaking to the Penn State Club of Michigan that night at Eastern Michigan in Ypsilanti. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go out and watch this game for a while, and did. And, you know, I realized it was Eastern Michigan, but you, you could tell the guy could throw the ball. He had a big arm, the whole deal. Uh, and he's obviously, to his credit, become more accurate. But I think that's holding out a lot for a guy who has a large body of work and is still doing the same things that he's done other years in that body of work. And he's not the problem. He is... You know, you sit there and look at, is he the number one? No, he is not, by far and away, not the number one problem. But my point is, I think you're seeing he is who he is. He can have some good games, and he certainly can run, but he can have some good games throwing the ball, and he's going to have some other games where he's looking around going, oh, like, especially when you get pressure on him. And remember, at Oklahoma and at Alabama, he did not have a lot of pressure on him. People seem to forget that. You usually have, for the most part at Oklahoma, for the most part at Alabama, you have clean pockets to work with. How clean's the Eagles' pocket? Because of the injuries. I mean, the injuries are a big, big factor in this. No defense from Matt. None. Zero. Well, I mean, the only thing I would say is you've seen guys that look like a franchise quarterback that have a strong arm that are top five, top ten pick, but they don't pan out that way in the NFL. But yet we've seen guys that are low or second or lower draft picks and they end up having a terrific NFL career. So that's why I think that was part of the point that Dave Sangara was trying to make yesterday is he still want to still see more of him in the NFL just to see what he can do because there's different coaching styles, there's different personnel guys just simply get better so you just have to you want to see you want to see a little give him give him some more chances as much as he can and that's why he's got this year and well, he's that's got why this, 
He's got this year, I got it, but he is who he is. This is what you guys don't seem to get. Okay, so let's talk about those other picks. Okay, let's do that for a second. Russell Wilson. Okay, third round pick. Except Russell Wilson in the NFL is the same guy I saw at Wisconsin when I did the game. And on tape, he's the same. Okay, Tom Brady. Okay, Tom Brady in person in Michigan. Okay, same guy. I thought Brady would have a. I I remember telling my father in law, I said, You watch Brady, he's going to have a really good NFL career. He's the same guy with the Patriots that he was with Michigan. I'm telling you, see, this is the part, this is where experience comes into play. I've seen a lot of guys. And for the most part, who you are is who you are. And he's not the problem. I mean, his mobility gives them the best shot to win. There's no getting around it. But the accuracy thing, he's not dealing with clean pockets anymore, Matt. Okay? At Alabama and Oklahoma, he had clean pockets and still struggled with accuracy. Okay? He doesn't have a clean pocket anymore. Do you understand my points here? 